This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Frustrating moments with some well-known people. I am Jim Daly, and joining me, it's of course Charles Paley Phillips. I said that, weird, didn't I? I said that very well. <laughs> like a robot. No, it went a bit like Pathé News, didn't it? It did go. Charles Paley Phillips. Yeah. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm good. Just How are you? Over that. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we're into February now. We are indeed. We are cracking up. Oh my god! I can't believe it's February already. That's crazy. Yeah, the, the shortest of all the months. Yeah. Wow, 2019 is but a blur. But a blur. In front of our eyes. Yeah, it's racing by. We'll be in spring soon, the warm weather will start warming up. Yes, I love spring. It's also my birthday in spring. Is it? That's that's why I enjoy it very much. Spring baby. I'm a spring baby. Uh, And we've got got a great podcast today for our listeners. We've got the lovely Lindsay Galvin. Yeah, we have. Yeah, Lindsay, who is a author. And uh, we got we got Lindsay on sort of the end of last summer, didn't we? And yeah. Talking about her debut book and, and what it feels like to be a debut author. Yeah. Because it's just quite an interesting thing, like going through that process of having your first book put out. And she's had a lot of success with it. It's been, um, it's called The Secret Deep. Um, and it's sort of way aimed at sort of middle grade um, children. And it's a, it's a fascinating book and a very beautifully written uh, story. And yeah, it was just great to have her on and talking about those moments of... Um, Putting, you know, having your first work yeah. put out there. Yeah, and, and the anxiety and, and, stuff the anxiety that, and stress that, that goes with it. Yeah, and she was very open about it. And she was absolutely lovely as well. Yeah, really... she's great. Yeah, and I know Lindsay very well because we live in the same towns. So, yeah. yeah. No, it was a really enjoyable chat. Yeah. So I think we should just go straight we into go it. Straight in. So this is Lindsay Galvin on The Blank Podcast. <laughs> Lindsay Galvin, how are you? Thank you. Thank you very much for being on our pod. Yes, very nice to have you. Fantastic stuff. So how are you? I'm all right. I'm, yeah, tough day at work and, yeah, yeah, hope I've got some chat for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you will. Um, So tell us about The Secret Deep. Well, it's my first book and it's for um, kids predominantly, I suppose, age 11 plus. And it's it's not really like anything else. It's an adventure story and it's a mystery and it's got a bit of science fiction and a bit of myth and I didn't think it would ever sell or get published so I'm very, very happy that it came out about a month ago and it seems to be doing all right. <laughs> Why do you think it wouldn't sell? Because I sort of came across a lot of people originally when it was um, shopped out to publishers um, it people wanted something which was more commercial and could hang yeah. off something else mm-hmm. and could either be compared to a film or another book. And it just wasn't really, they would say things like, we just can't find somewhere on the shelf for it. Yeah. 
So that's why I kind of expected it not to sell in the end. But then my publisher, who had seen it on an initial submission, came back to me about two years later when I'd changed agent and wanted to buy it. Yeah. So that's how it sold. But that's a common thing, though, isn't it? I think in pitches, they want it to be, I've been told this with TV, to be like something, they want to be able to compare it to something else. Yeah. If you go, if you go in and say, oh, it's it's like so-and-so oh, meets totally. you want to so-and-so. So like, you know, a strap line or whatever it yeah. might be, yeah. If yeah. you can give them that, then yeah. you... you so they can relate it yeah, exactly, to, yeah. to something else. Well, because it becomes a number, it becomes a, a, a statistic, a, 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 a something they can sort of you can hang a, yeah. a bit of money on almost. Mm. But then how how do you ever get new and fresh ideas if everyone's just trying to? That's completely true, and this is definitely <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> unique and fresh. And I'm really really happy that it's been released because the thing that people have commented on in positive reviews and in really nice. Um, a kind of response to it has been that it's different to other things and yeah. that doesn't seem to have there isn't any negativity about that so it's kind of a it's kind of like a something you can't capture something new this is new everyone says everything's new but most things aren't yeah but now i think i'm a bit ruined because when i write new things i wouldn't want to write something that didn't have an easy pitch i kind of now yeah i was i was really properly new to this when i started out and i didn't know about pitching yeah it was my first thing i'd ever written so I didn't know things needed a comparison or that it was easier to sell with a comparison. Yeah. So, yeah. There will yeah, never the- be anything. I'll never probably produce anything <laughs> unique like this again. Although my next thing I'm writing is weird again. <laughs> I don't think it's as weird <laughs> as this one. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to ask a question. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask questions. Yeah. Um, I do have a question, actually, because yeah, I was researching on your website, Lindsay. Oh, gosh. And you said that in your house, you're called a giganto. Oh, <laughs> How do you say it? Gigantopithecus. Yeah. What is yeah, that? that? That's like a really sort of horrible prehistoric gorilla that's massive. And basically, when I come downstairs in the morning, I kind of stomp and <laughs> I'm really not a morning person. And when my kids watch this um, David Attenborough documentary about <laughs> this massive gorilla with a really miserable looking face, they were like, oh, mummy's a gigantopithecus. <laughs> and so I kind of got a little bit of a nickname for that. I'll never be a morning person. Well, you know what? That is That nickname is unique. Talking of uniqueness. Unique. It is unique. <laughs> you know that there is a book in the Gigantopithecus. Is that how you say it? Gigantopithecus. I think it's for you, Giles, actually. That would be a nice well, one for you. Yeah, I don't is, think yeah. I can sell that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about growing up by the coast. Because obviously the Secret Deep has got... Um, obviously the coast is a big part of it and themes yeah. are, the themes are in there and i wanted to tell you i didn't no, really no, talk but, about that when i described it did i the no. fact that it's one of the big hooks of it is it's mm. set underwater and the cover's very watery and mm. kids really respond to that they say oh the, are those stingrays or manta rays oh wow they really like that sort of side of things um but yeah it's definitely a really important part of my childhood because we lived in crowborough which is um inland i um played for crowborough athletic Oh. Football team reserves, but I mean, it still, it still, it still oh. counts. That's very fame, impressive, yeah. though. Yeah, claim to I fame. Used to live in Tunbridge Wells and worked in East Grinstead, okay. so know the area well. Yeah, lovely part of the world. A very nice part of the world. But my dad always wanted to live near the sea because he came from near the sea. He was he lived up in Hartlepool, right on the coast, mm. and then he came down south, and we lived in Crowborough, and he wanted to move to Seaford. So we moved here when I was eleven, and it was specifically to be near the sea. And he does loads of water sports still now, even though he's seventy-one. Wow, he's out paddle boarding every day, Amazing. kayaking, yeah, windsurfing. Wow, um, so I was. He not anymore but he did you did um, an ultra marathon um, an 80 mile championship what 80 miles yeah Yeah. my uh, sister's boyfriend's just on the Iron Man it's you know what it is it's ridiculous it's It's like it's like a days of exercise the marathon is like the end bit it's like that's like that's like loads that's the that's the home straight yeah that's the home (laughs) straight that's your dream exactly (laughs) Exactly. That's, yeah. You do all this other horrible exercise, <laughs> you'll you get, get to, to do, do a marathon. marathon. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh. Having done a marathon, that, that sounds Did horrendous. it feel like a treat when you did your marathon? No, not <laughs> no. at all. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, painful. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that being the end. I know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. That was really important part of my childhood. So, you were 11 when you came here. So I was 11, yeah. Were you, was that end of primary school? Were you that starting secondary school? That was end of primary school. 
just before starting secondary okay. and it was literally the worst time to move yeah mm. awful I had the worst anxiety when I was 11 and 12 that I've ever had in my life. And that includes publishing, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on to um, that. Yeah. Um, and it was, just, it was just an awful time to move. It wasn't anyone's fault, but I didn't cope with it well. But at the time, people didn't really know about anxiety. Mm. And I was ill. I was struggling to go into school every day and speak to anybody for an entire day. I would not be able to actually speak to people. Mm. Now, now we'd say, okay, this kid's struggling and they need some help. Yeah. But then, oh, she's a bit of a worry, a bit sensitive, you know. Yeah. My mum would try and look after me and she didn't know how to make it right. She just did her best and she did a good job, but she didn't. She needs some guidance and I needed some guidance. And yeah. I mean, things are better now, I think. So yeah. that goes into the book quite a bit because the character in the book Well, I was going to ask you, is, is, there, a lot, is there a lot of, um, of you in this book? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I didn't it, think so at the time, but now I definitely think there is. I didn't yeah. deliberately put myself into it, but now I think, yeah. I mean, the people it sort of focuses around the grief of the main character and her kind of anxiety reactions to losing her mum. But now I look back and think a lot of those anxiety reactions were ones that I definitely had yeah. around about the same age as well. Well, I guess moving away from your friends or whatever it might be, if you had mm. close friends at the time, yeah. would be there would be a grieving process from that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, yeah. when you're 11, you know, your friends are, you know... Yeah, and when you're, when you're that age, everything feels like it means more. Yeah. And you know, everything yeah. means a lot. Yeah, and... because you're quite inward-looking often, aren't you, when you're a yeah. child? Well, in edits, was quite interesting because my, my editor is like a genius she is amazing Rachel Lachon she's very 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 good and she sort of pointed out that I've got these really sort of claustrophobic descriptions of being underwater and she wanted to bring out what they mean and connect them to the story more and then I started thinking well I've already got this character who's in grief and anxious and I just thought actually when I was had scuba diving experiences sometimes they were really scary Mm. and the reason they were scary even though I loved it was because you're trapped. And then I thought, well, grief, losing your mum when you're 14, mm. you can't get more trapped than that. Yeah. Because you just had your whole reality changed to something that you don't want it to be and you have no control over. So that's when the sort of that... And, and moving school or any traumatic mm. experience, even if it doesn't sound traumatic, can be for the person that it's Yeah, absolutely, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of where it all linked in, really. Yeah. And then as I sort of got that connection, then it helped me. I think it made the story a lot better. That's when it sort of started to fly a bit more. Yeah. So did you think at school was was writing something that you were into? I tell you what, when I got anxious, when I was about 11 or 12, I just, my creativity just went down. That was, yeah. I just had no confidence. I never, ever, ever would have thought anyone would want to read what I'd written. I kept diaries. I've got really awful, excruciating diaries from about, oh, all the way through 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. They're, they're really painful Teen to read. Angst. <laughs> Teen angst. They're awful. They're awful. What, badly written? Or... No, no, no. They're quite well written, really. <laughs> it's the content that's yeah, the yeah. problem. No, it's just how yeah. self-obsessed you are at that age. Yeah. It's just hard to read, but it's quite, it's quite useful. Yeah. You're writing about teenagers. I was going to say, yeah, do you, did you use... Oh, I dipped him. I couldn't bear it. No. <laughs> we don't want to make it too realistic. No one wants to <laughs> yeah, read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so 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 you were writing obviously during that time. I was, but never you... fiction. No. And I used to always want to write, and I studied English lit at university, and I kind of wanted to write something, but I just thought my my excuse for not writing anything was I just haven't got ideas like other authors have got. Authors have great ideas. And I don't have those ideas. So I would just admire these beautiful books I would read and think, I wish I had an idea like that. I know so many people have said that to me. They, they, oh, I wish I could be a writer. And you think, well, you, you know, everybody yeah. can write. Yeah. And they think, oh, I just haven't got, like you say, the ideas. I haven't got, the, you know, you come up with really good ideas. I could never do that. I think, well, it doesn't just come to you, no, though. No, no. Yeah. You make them yeah, come exactly. by working. That's what I think now. All I know now is if I'm writing, then the ideas come. So it's not like I have to have the idea first. Yeah. So I'm just really lucky that I did get an idea for this book because since then I've not had a shortage of ideas. Whether they're good ideas or not, it's not But that's okay, isn't it? Because you're having the ideas and it's okay to have ideas that don't become anything. Yeah. Because you're 
using that creative muscle to yeah. keep going and then you then know sometimes when you hit upon a good idea and you think oh okay this is something that could become something yeah and then I've had I've got lots and lots of ideas now and some of them I kind of have a rule in my I have an ideas notebook and I give myself two sides in this kind of a5 notebook and if the idea goes over two sides I give it another little notebook nice and it's kind of grows yeah. some of them I think I write two sides on it and I think I'm not really seeing what I'm going to do with yeah. this and then I've got other, no- so I've got a lot of notebooks, basically. Some of them are half developed. Some of them are, you know, just lingering there. Just... Do you ever go back to them and yeah. be like, oh, and do ideas jump out that previously you thought, hmm. Yeah. And also I've got some books that are um, shelved. Um, three books I wrote in the process of getting this published. I've got three other books. Now, none of them are going to get published or even seen in the state they're in but all of them have got things i want to mine back out of them yeah characters or settings or a situation so yeah. none of them are wasted which yeah. is really a relief because you write eighty thousand words you kind of hope that something <laughs> yeah. can be saved <laughs> giles is like thousand <laughs> words three lots of eighty thousand yeah. words that's a lot of words one is a sequel to that when it was fantasy yeah, because I was going to say to you, because when, I think when we initially talked about Secretive, it was going to be more than one book. It was going to be a trilogy, yeah. a fantasy trilogy, but mm. with the underwater stuff as part of a fantasy storyline. Um, but Chicken House said, let's bring it, con- let's make it contemporary. And then I went away and made it contemporary with my agent, and then they bought it after that. But they still didn't want a trilogy. They wanted it to be standalone. Mm. But now I'm really glad it's standalone because trilogies are hard. Yeah. And for a first time writer, it's better to be standalone. Even yeah. though I've got a one book deal and I'm a bit like, I'm already out of contract. <laughs> yeah. It only came out a month ago and I'm out of contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least I've got some freedom to decide what I want to do next. And how are you with like the feedback with that kind of stuff? Like when they come back and say, actually, we want to change this and this. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hate myself. <laughs> and then I usually ring Giles. <laughs> and um, yeah, so. And I say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's yeah. all right. But now That's I know it will be hear, all right. Though, yeah, but now I know it will be all right. So I I always hate them and I hate myself and I just get annoyed. And then I just think, oh, this is normal that I always feel like this. And then, yeah. Have you um, got better at channeling that kind of frustration and anger then into creativity? Because I find sometimes I get things don't work out, whatever, or people don't like my stuff or whatever. And I get really angry and I just go into sort of, days sometimes of just frustration and nothing happens so like and a free fall yeah. yes like exactly yeah. exactly that but actually if you're able to then channel that into more creativity you're, you're winning i have never channeled any angry negative feelings successfully into creativity <laughs> when i'm angry or frustrated i tend to be i don't do an awful lot yeah. so now i just think to myself okay let's accept that I'm not going to get much done and I'll do things like I'll set myself some reading tasks or some research or some film watching or something that I know that I can do because if I sit there and think, right, let's write an angry scene because I'm really cross, (laughs) I don't, I'm not psychologically in a good state. Well, also you feel like you're being useful when you're doing those things, aren't you? Because you're, you know, because you're, like you say, you're researching, you're taking stuff in. This is all good, useful stuff that I can use and put into something else. Yeah. Yeah. but I wish point. I could write a really angry scene when I was feeling frustrated. But when I'm feeling frustrated, I don't. I'm not in the right. I'm not in the right frame of mind for writing, not properly. So, what is the right frame of mind for you? Um, what's well, the right? What's annoyingly, the right, okay, what's the perfect environment and situation? When my self-esteem's good. Yeah. Yeah. If people are nice to me. Yeah. Well, it's quite straightforward, that isn't it? But it's yeah. like it's actually. I know. Yeah. Why does it not happen more often? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to. You know. If people are saying to me, Lindsay, this is a great idea and we really want to see the next bit, then I'm like a little doggy. I'm like, oh, okay then. And then I'll happily go and be really creative. But if people are like, oh, well, or I'm anxious about it, then I have to force myself to kind of blank things out and really work hard. Do you take take constructive criticism personally then? Um, no, I don't. I don't mind the criticism. I do get a bit cross at first, but it quickly passes. And I like the criticism because I really want to improve, and yeah. I'm aware that I'm really new to it. Yeah. But I don't like waiting. That's my problem. So if I've got to wait for people's criticism to come, <laughs> I would rather have harsher criticism quicker yeah. than be waiting. And I think that's a bit of a fault in me. I just am not very patient. It's something we touched on in another pod um, <coughs> about being ignored. 
yeah. and how yeah. actually sometimes being ignored worse than rejection is, is, yeah. 100% yeah. And for me it, yeah. definitely yeah and uh, and yeah I could relate totally to that because you want to know where you stand yeah yeah. I'd rather have a no yeah. than just not be told at all. nothing I'd, I'd rather have quite a harsh no that gave me something to think about even even though it would hurt me I would think, okay, I can probably learn from that, that maybe that sort of publisher isn't going to like my work, for yeah. example. That's a learning thing. But just silence or being ignored or not replied to at all, yeah. really, really bad for your self-esteem. Yeah. And then you're just like, they don't even rate me enough to reply. That's, yeah. That's harsh. I think, yeah. But it's normal in the business. I know that now, which mm. helps. But it shouldn't be. No. This no. is the thing. We had this again on a previous pod with, with an actor saying... It's very, it's just the done thing. You don't hear back if you don't get the part. But like, why? It There's no real sense to it. And also, it's really or not reason. fair. No. Because it takes so little time to write a small, polite yeah. email. Mm. Thanks. Nothing. Yeah. Thank you could you. probably write 30 of them in 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. But the damage of not doing that to people's self-esteem is way bigger yeah. than well, the time it so takes to say thanks but no thanks. I'd, I'd like to think that agents and publishers know that um, us as creatives are sensitive, so. very yeah, sensitive, absolutely, yeah, um, and you know would actually take, you know, don't take kindly to being to being ignored or yeah. um, you know, and get frustrated by it. Yeah, that's she's not very good. And I try and give them a bit of positive reinforcement yeah, and yeah. say, "Oh, when you said that, it really helped me because it's true." I I don't yeah. know. If, I'm sure everyone is the same. If you get even. When you're starting out, and even now, if you get even a little bit of positive feedback, it, you do take it to heart and listen to it. You yeah. don't just gloss over it. Yeah. If it comes from industry professionals, the, I mean, the first feedback I ever had, I can remember it really, really clearly. Yeah. And it really affected me because she had said, um, I think we need to cut down the middle of this. She, all she said was not right for us at the moment, but I do think you should keep writing because you've got something. And it's the middle that's quite that needs a lot more action going on inside it and a lot more, a lot less interior stuff. And I, like, rewrote the book on that. Yeah. She'd written one sentence that must have taken her so little time. Yeah. But it really mattered to me, and that was generous of her, but really it didn't take a lot of time. But a big help for you. Big help for me, because if, you're, if you know no one in the industry, like I did, and you're on the slush pile and you didn't do a creative writing degree and you haven't got contacts from an MA in Bath, yeah. you know, you do, you are a bit on a bit of a back foot when it comes to getting any feedback. Yeah, I have to so, say my boss currently is really good at that. I'll send a script in. I did, did it during the World Cup and she said, normally she's like fine with the scripts and she said, not really feeling this one, but you guys normally write much funnier stuff. I know you can make it funnier. So do that. And I was like, okay, mm. I know she didn't like it, but... But I know, okay, she thinks I can do this, so I must be able to do this. And I wrote a funny script about half an hour later. And it's just that little, just the way of approaching it from her worked for me as a sensitive snowflake. That that, that caveat of saying that you normally write. Yeah. We know that you've got it in you. But there's a way of doing that. Rather than being like, this isn't good enough, come back to me. It's just, I'm, I'm totally like you... Need a it's pat. the little thing. You, you yeah. looked after a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, think that happens enough. In all 100%. Yeah, in but that's not a criticism of like us as creatives. That's a positive of that person knowing how to deal with a creative. I think yeah. that's why we're creatives, because we're probably maybe a little bit more sensitive than the average. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> I think that is why we're good at what we do, because yeah. we have to delve into writing about humans and, you know... You have yeah. to get quite deep in there. And yeah. I well, remember saying to my agent, uh, she re- I was saying this to someone today as well, she replied back to my, one of my script, that, that my manuscripts that I'd given to her. She'd been editing it. She's a really good editor. But she does not tell any lies. And she just didn't write anything positive on it. And I... I knew how she worked, and I was like, come on, don't be a baby about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the reason she's, I would think to myself, try and get some mental processes going. She wouldn't be spending all this time out of her busy schedule giving me notes on this manuscript if she didn't believe in it. But I just felt really downhearted. I remember yeah. I, I wrote back to her saying, please just tell me. I, I will do all these things. Just tell me something nice. <laughs> she was like, Lindsay, I think you're brilliant. And everything I didn't comment on is fantastic. Just take it forevermore when I reply to your manuscript. <laughs> if I haven't commented on anything, it's great. It's brilliant and I love it. And yeah. I was like, 
Ah. Okay. <laughs> that made me feel a yeah. bit better, but I also thought, oh. But at least now you know how to deal yeah. with that. And I know, yeah. yeah. I'm really lucky. My best mate's a lawyer. And so, and obviously lawyers see the world very differently to what's yes. created, very black and white. And so when I'm moaning about some feedback from something or a comment online or something, he, he'll cut straight through the bullshit and tell me that either means this or doesn't mean this, get on with it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I just needed someone to hear it from a different point of view because I'm looking at it through this rose-tinted different kind of way that everything is a personal slight on me and means yeah. something towards yeah, me when yeah, yeah. it 99% of the time doesn't. But you need the right people around you to tell you that stuff as well, yeah. don't you? Can't, I can't figure it out for myself. No. I have to ask people. Yeah, I've never asked Charles yeah, yeah. before. What, you know, what does this, is there nuance in this email? And most of the time there is no nuance <laughs> yeah. in that email. It's just what it meant. Yeah, because people have got time for nuance. They've got time for nuance. They're just writing a throwaway comment that might sound a bit short because it was like... And it's so hard in an email, isn't it, as well, because you can't ever quite get across the emotion of what you're trying to say or anything like that. So, you know... Yeah, but having said that, I don't like phone calls. Oh, no. So, like, I don't don't want an email because it's too impersonal, but I don't want to be on the phone to someone, so... (laughs) I want to I be on the phone, to. though, if I'm really worried I need to be on the phone. Yeah, because you need to hear that voice and what's coming, you know, what kind of tone it's coming at you at, you know, and I think... If I need to be comforted. Well. Yeah. Like, I, have, I have, remember yeah. one edit from my, from my editor. I was really... I received it on a Friday. We know those drop bomb Friday ones that's lasting on a Friday. And I was yeah. like, I know I'm, I'm going to worry yeah, about I, this. I don't want you to reply. <laughs> no, yeah. And okay, I was like, I'm not gonna... no, I am replying and yeah. I'm going to ring you. And I actually rang the office thinking there's no way she's going to be there just off the sort of bat. And she was walking... She was um, obviously her office had come, th- the office phone had come through to her mobile. She was walking to the bus stop, and I was in the car park at work, and we had this really great conversation where I just went, "I'm really panicking." And she was like, "Right, let's quickly go through it," and we just spoke it through for about twenty minutes, and then I was like, oh, "Okay, I feel okay now." Yeah, but they must get used to what we're like. Must do. I don't well, do I this in so. my teaching career. Suddenly have a panic about well, something. Yeah, ever. yeah. I don't think I'm like it in like my real life. I think it's the, the creative life, though. You are a slightly different person. Yeah. But then you need to be because you need you need to tap into that empathy. I guess it is that you have that you have inside you to create the things that you created. Yeah. But it can be quite scary if you like me. <laughs> I've spent. I mean, I started writing when I was 36. For 36 years, I've been pretty a level. Been quite calm been like working teaching you know I've, i wasn't getting emotional or neurotic or freaked out by anything really i was just kind of on a level and it was all quite calm and then i started writing and submitting and i felt like so alive but also it brought out all these kind of emotional yeah. neuroses that yeah. probably have been lying dormant since i was about 12 really and just insecurities but then on the other hand these sort of highs of elation and well that's the thing with it isn't yeah. it because you do get these huge highs of elation when you find out that you've been you know that they want your manuscript or whatever or you know even those first tentative fits where an editor say oh, we're really into this um but then there are obviously the everything's heightened yeah it is so you so have to take the highs the, of the lows yeah exactly yeah, yeah and it was like that as soon as i started writing because i find it quite it's quite um exciting writing if i'm writing the right thing i really really enjoy writing it and so that as soon as before i even had contact with publishers i was i was sort of obsessed with this new i called it a hobby i suppose at the time but i knew that it was a bit more than a hobby because you don't normally devote that much time to a hobby yeah so i hoped it would turn into more yeah and yeah well uh, writing for me has always been a bit of a compulsion yeah it's a compulsion and i think that's probably true of you as well yeah that yeah it is it's it's a, I don't know. It might be same with you, Jim. I wish I wanted. <laughs> I want it to be a compulsion. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, really is. It, you you can't not do it. Mm. No, I can't not do it. And there are aspects of it I don't really enjoy doing, but I still really want to do them. Yeah. Because I want to get to the next bit that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can't ever. I can't ever stop thinking about stories and things I'm going to write now. Even if I think, oh, just take a break from writing because you're, you know, t- yeah got a lot on or i can't really take a break from it mentally even if i'm not sitting at my desk so you've sort of unlocked pandora's box yes definitely mm. definitely yeah <laughs> but it's not but it's good yeah i'm i would never ever regret it yeah even through any sort of low that i've ever had with it it's still worth it because you feel more, it makes me feel more alive yeah than other things do yeah so that can't be bad really Thank you.
wanted to ask you about because obviously the theme of the pod is is going blank um and whether there's many well particularly with this book was there moments where you've possibly felt like oh i I can't do this plenty yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness where should we start um when writing this book in particular well it was it was roundly rejected by about 20 agents that didn't really make me blank, though. I just thought, well, there's more than 20 ages. I'll just keep going till I've got rejections from all of them. Keep collecting. <laughs> Get the full set. Uh, yeah. But then I had um, my fir- I have had two agents. And my first agent um, submitted it to 10 publishers. And it was rejected by them in an earlier form than this book. And then I did go a bit blank after that. And I wrote something else. And I thought, this book was just... I, I don't know where I could go with it from there. Then I sort of it came back to it. Well, you couldn't, kind of I couldn't get rid of it. The I, idea was yeah, there. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. you, you when you especially when you're into something, you do put all your eggs in one basket. You really want that thing to be the thing that succeeds. Yeah, and I'm really stubborn. I think I just feel like well, unless every single person who could possibly do something with it's rejected it, hmm. I want to keep trying. Hmm. Whereas I know not all authors are like that because my agent says you have got tenacity if anything <laughs> like i would i'd be like yeah get it published by the smallest because i i just want to get some audience for it once i've made all the effort of writing it and polishing it yeah then you want someone to read it really well also i think like when you're creating something like deep down you i know like you go through rewrites or you have ideas that don't make it into ideas or whatever but deep down you know when you've done something like yeah. half decent you sort of know this is good and i always think if if i find this funny there must be other people out there that are going to enjoy it as well. There must yeah. be an audience for it. So yeah. I almost owe it to myself not to give up on it because someone somewhere is going to like it, yeah. even if it's like five people. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. an audience out there. And for me, going back to the blank thing, really, this, since it's been published, has been the worst blank moment for me because just the whole business of getting it published and trying to promote it and sort of getting used to the fact that I'm going to have a book out was so sort of rattling to me that I really struggled to write anything else as I tried and tried but really the whole time since this was bought so it's nearly two years ago I've I've sort of experimented with projects and it's only now that it's out and it's got good reviews why do you think that was though why do you think (gasps) because of psychology I was really worried that people wouldn't like it. <laughs> now that seems silly because mm. people have liked it, but I had so so many anxieties about this book. I thought so it was a sort of paranoia around whether yeah. it would be, yeah. And I just thought if people don't like it, then I shouldn't be writing something similar to it. I should just I should completely change and write something totally different. So then I would get different ideas and try and write something totally different and then I'd think but what if people really like it mm. and I haven't got anything else to offer then? And I sort of panic about that and then it just kind of ended up with me sort of having three projects, writing about 20,000 on each, but all of them will need... I actually want to stick with those three projects, but they'll all need starting again from the beginning. So what So what about it coming out and then... Was it like a relief or was, yeah. it, was it just that the fact that it was being accepted and people were enjoying it? I think it was a huge relief. It was. I'll tell you the biggest relief was when I went to the factory to see it being printed. <laughs> nice. Well, I think yeah. I saw you yeah. that day, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you I were quite elated. Really, I was really elated, was yeah. I? Like, I stopped the car and yeah, jumped yeah. out and like, chased you on <laughs> yeah. the street. And I was like, <laughs> but oh. it was, I was, but I, you know, I was wrapped up in it as well because you showed me the book and I thought, wow, this is amazing, you know, because there's yeah. nothing more special than actually, for me, obviously being a writer as well, Yeah. seeing your book as a real book. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah, it's there, it's tangible. Yeah, yeah. and also for me... Deep in my heart, I don't think I really believed it until I I could hold it in my hand. Mm. I just thought something would go wrong. I thought, no, they're going to say... And even on the morning... It was all a big joke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a bit pathetic, really. But genuinely, a part of me did believe that when I turned up at the factory that day, it wasn't going to come out of there. I just, until I saw it, I did not believe it was going to come out of... I could not kind of reconcile that that was going to happen to me. That I would have a real book coming off the assembly lines in the factory so as soon as that happened i felt better yeah it's and it's not it's not pathetic it's actually i think really really common with creative people and amanda palmer wrote a book called the art of asking 
And she Ooh, talks I've about, had that recommended to me, but I haven't read so it. It's so good. Okay. But she talks about fraud police in that, which yeah. is basically where we all think we're rubbish at what we do and we're faking it all the way. And someone is going to come out and say, actually, we're not making your and book you, at all. And part of you believes it. Yeah. You do believe yeah. it. When actually, rationally, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I said to my husband, because he came with me to the factory, I was like, I'm just waiting for a phone call to say they're not printing it. And he was like, that's not how yeah. factories work. <laughs> exactly. I was like, it's a factory. If yeah. they say they're printing it, yeah. they're going to print it. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, but they might just hear something from somebody that it's awful. What if the guy pressing the button has read it, it and, thinks, and hates and it? And thinks, we can't put this out. Yeah. 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 So I just had this like huge insecurity. And then when I came out with it, I kind of felt like there are 5,000 copies of that in the world now. Yeah. And that isn't going to change. No yeah. matter what happens next, yeah. I've, I've, I've got over that hurdle. Yeah. So then I was a bit... And then you think that's what opened the doors creatively. I think, yeah, I think so. But also I deliberately spent some time not writing then because I thought, let's just promote this. Yeah. Well, you kind of will enjoy the process of it coming out and, you yeah. know, and then sort of, you know, there is always going to be a an element of adoration and everything like that and you want to enjoy the launch of the book and all that yeah, and you worry stuff, it's yeah. never going to happen again yeah exactly <laughs> well yeah quite you're already thinking yeah, that yeah. you think make yeah. this as best as it can be yeah please give me a party and then, <laughs> and get me cakes and stuff yeah and just make the best of it of a really really cool thing that's going to happen yeah. to you and you just think this but is amazing it is amazing and I want to enjoy it yeah. so I spent that time and I, in the back of my mind I'm thinking I should be have another book I should have another book but I had to prioritise and I thought, well, people's, there's, there's no set time when books have to come out. Some yeah. people take two years to get another book out. Some people take three. Yeah. It doesn't matter, really. What matters more is enjoying that coming out. And I really did enjoy it coming out, so I'm pleased how well, you got to have that. to. We said this on other pods as well, and I think it's going to become a regular theme, is you've got to give yourself the victories. Yeah. Give yourself the wins. You've yeah. worked incredibly hard it's to get catchphrase. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it, hashtag yeah. give yourself yeah, the wins. Yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. yeah. But I think it's true. You've worked really hard for that to happen. It's you, really easy to you deserve over. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because you, know, you say worries about next step or whatever, and maybe anxieties creep in. But actually, you you've earned this accolade and this win for yourself. And it's it almost feels selfish in a way sometimes to kind of enjoy it, but it's not. It's your moment. It does, and you can get swept up in things. Like today, I I looked and checked on Amazon. I never do that because I never, you know, I'm very good at not checking the Amazon ratings or anything like that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no authors do that. Oh, right. No authors ever do that because we don't only care. It's all about yeah. And, it's only bookmarks. <laughs> so I've been checking on there, and you know, I wanted to get 50 reviews because there's like this sort of the magical idea, algorithm this algorithm oh, right, okay. so I was quite I wanted to get these and I have got 50 reviews and then I've got 62 reviews and then I realised the last 8 or 9 reviews I've not actually read them mm. and I suddenly thought that's awful I should be reading these and just they're nice reviews they're all good reviews and yeah. they all say something a little bit different mm. and I just thought that's that's actually bad of me I gave myself a little smack <laughs> so I was like you I'm not appreciating. This is what I wrote it for, so people would enjoy it. Yeah, and it's not and about actually, numbers and they're enjoying or popularity. It. It's about people enjoying and actually, it. Yeah, that's yeah. for my. I know there's a lot of controversy around Amazon reviews, but yeah, there is, actually, yeah. they're your readers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah. if they're giving you and and if they're not, you know, obviously sometimes you get those reviews where it's like, oh, it didn't turn up on time or something. You know, get <laughs> I'm not one star. Um, but, but I might get some. Really? Yeah, but you, you do with some really? stars. You get products. And you say, oh, you know, whatever it was. Oh, they read a kid uh, book and say, this is a bit childish. Yeah. <laughs> I had some terrible reviews <laughs> for my expect? first book yeah. um, because they said, oh, I didn't know it was going to be a poetry book. I was like, it's a poetry book. Yeah. It's got written in the freaking... <laughs> description that's a poetry but anyway whatever. yes so you get and those. also why is that an issue well exactly <laughs> but the genuine reviews you get on there and they're five you know you get a five star review four star yeah. review it's that is a fantastic feeling and also yeah they're not it's even it's not even some of the reviews are really beautifully written and yeah, you just think course, wow yeah. but then some of them are just a line or two but they just say something that's just clear makes it really clear to you that someone got something from your book that you didn't necessarily know they were going to get from it yeah and i just I think I need to go through every single one and pick out the really nice stuff and I need to make myself a document really big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so when I'm yeah, writing, yeah. I need to just n remember that because I think it, you've got to use it as a bit of a well. I, th mm. I think that's really interesting because I enjoy a lot of stuff on the internet. I enjoy lots of things people create. I rarely leave a review or yeah. a comment on anything. And yet, when someone leaves a comment on something I do, that person has taken that time to sign yeah. up write a comment, hit send, whatever. 
that's time out of their day. And that's that's a big thing. It's they've a been they've thing. been moved and people have been moved enough to leave comments yeah. and reviews for you. Yeah. They enjoyed it that much. That's why we do this, isn't it? Yeah. And then you think that's quite a nice way to think of it because you think the reviews that you've got think how many people like me I'm like you I don't leave very many reviews yeah. I've started to leave a few more now because I know how much they mean to people yeah but I've never I've read hundreds and hundreds of books and yeah. watched hundreds and hundreds of films that I've absolutely loved yeah I've never reviewed and that's quite a nice thought that people are quietly yeah loving things yeah you know there's a pe- that, that's really comforting as well but yeah yeah as a as the author of it you you want to read something and yeah have some words to hang on to and pin your Anxiety. I've tried to get better on my YouTube channel replying to people because I think if people leave comments saying nice things, I should try. I mean, sometimes it's a bit of a slog, but like, yeah, just not even just to say thanks. Thanks. Acknowledgement, isn't it? Yeah. To to the people that are actually taking the time to look at your stuff or read your. Because it does mean a lot. Like we all, you know, we're all sensitive. So when someone leaves a nice comment, it makes you feel better. And sometimes and people feel a bit shy about leaving comments. So if you say thank you to them. That's yeah. just nice, isn't it? Yeah. Just a nice human thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with being nice. No. Absolutely. Thing. No, I just, no, no, no. I think niceness is... Uh, underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, yeah, 100%. People try too hard to be cool, don't they? There's a lot of people trying to be cool. I'm not... I'm I never, never try tried to be cool. To be cool. <laughs> it's just, well, I don't try to be <laughs> I cool. I worked out at a young age. I was, yeah, it's you not know. my thing. No. I'd I know we, be nice. we touched on a bit about when, when it's not... Um, when the writing's not happening, not yeah. flowing, what what's it feel like when it is? Oh, it feels like there isn't. I don't notice time when there is, when it is. Yeah. Last night, I actually had a really good, had a really non-blank evening last <laughs> night. <laughs> but they come out of the blue. One of the most annoying things about creativity that I've discovered since writing books is that that it cannot be controlled. Really, you can do your best to mm. make the environment right so that the ideas and the words come to you and you can still work through it when you're having a bad day but the good stuff only comes when it's going to come yeah yeah so yeah when it when it when it flows out it's amazing really like last night I sat down and I had 8,000 words of my new book that I'm gonna that my agent wanted to see and I'd written it in the last two weeks um and I needed to edit it and it needed going through. And I and I knew it would take me the whole evening and I was determined to send it before t- today. Mm. And it just, it just went by like that. And then it was midnight. I sat down at eight and I said to my husband, oh, I'm shutting my door to my office. So don't come and talk to me about shopping lists or bring me tea or anything because I'm just going to try and do this work. Not even tea. Wow. Actually, I think you did yeah. bring me tea. All right, don't expect me to say thank you for my tea. He <laughs> <laughs> was most because I take Close like, the door behind he did, you. He knows when the writers go well because he brings the tea in and then I like carry on. You don't know. And then I say, thanks for the tea. <laughs> He's like, yeah, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> do you want me to put it in the microwave? Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it feels. Just like time goes and I'm in it. But that is like a kind of sacred thing that I mm. yearn for happen- would happen more. And what's what is 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 that in a quiet room? Is that the ideal? It could be place? anywhere. Okay. For me, it's useful to be in a quiet room, but I don't really rely on exterior things. I I write with music blaring out. Really? Yeah. Which a lot of people don't. I've talked to other writers. And they it's not, distra- can't, not can't, distracting. And my wife can't write. She's writing an essay. I think she can't. She needs needs it to. What's be your go, What's your go to tunes? Something something raucous, probably. Really? Stephen yeah. King. Does he write? Yeah, 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 he metal. does. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. yeah, he does. I think. Yeah, he listens to. Like, I've always compared you to Stephen King. Yeah, well, yeah, well a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, the children's version. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. Anything kind of heavy, kind of rock music, I put on. Wow. I have playlists to get me in the mood, but once I start writing, I don't hear them anyway because mm. I'm really because you're so focused in it. Yeah. Wow. When it's going well, yeah, not all the time. Yeah. How do you deal with it when it's not? Is there anything? Just keep tricks going, or anything hope. you do. Or... I get, no. and hope I get the odd 10 minutes where it does go well yeah. but a big session like that where I get a lot done is quite how long would a, how long would an idea like if you were really in it you would go for several hours yeah yeah time. you have to stop I'd probably get tired about after about four hours I'll get up to go to the loo but I don't want to get out of it so yeah. I act a bit weird like a bit zombie-ish and trancey because I'm sort of like muttering as I go to the toilet or you know go in the kitchen or stretch or have a drink of water and I'm trying to stay in it because I'm thinking oh this is great I'm in this scene this is really good I want to stay in it as long as possible but I've done um, NaNoWriMo before in November 
where you write every day. Yeah, so it's like a yeah, it's a it's a. I don't know if it did it start on social media. Or is it like a social media thing, or was it some? Yeah, what does it stand for? Uh, something about November writing. Yeah. Months. Okay. And yeah, so everyone, so uh, there's a big community of writers. You write fifty thousand words in a month. Wow. And there's like little charts that you can follow. And there's a hashtag, and it's like yeah. I've seen it on Twitter. Lots of people get involved. I mean, lots like of that. really good books. What's the, the Night Circus was written under NaNoWriMo. Wow. Um, and lots of other yeah. books have been written their first drafts like that. And is that a workable way of, Not of doing well. it? If you're for me, I've done it once and it did work, and I did two fifty thousand words. Wow. But well, I, I think it's quite nice because you're in this community, and I yeah. think that, right. that helps because you're getting propelled along by oh, that Sanso's written. But it's 4, a lot of words today. a day. I've only written, you know, wow. It's a lot yeah. of words a day for me. It's about 1,700 every day. And I'm not really going to write that much every day. Yeah. Naturally, I would more... That's the length of one of my books. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to do that every day, Charles. <laughs> Maybe, Charles. This is it. 50 books in November. Can you imagine? Yeah, It'd but it's all be terrible. <laughs> it's all... the first draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no. But I'm just saying, I think that is a lot of words to write. It's a lot of words for me to write. Mm. And I don't. I'm not gonna. Probably not gonna attempt it again. I did it for a challenge to see if I could do it. Well, you did it. I did it, and it did get me in the flow a bit. But it does. It's. You do need to be quite obsessed with it to be in the mood for writing that same book every day. Yeah. Kind of deeply into it. People um, do it every year, though, don't they? Is it every? Is it once a year? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you said it was November. I mean, if um, my 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 agent wants this book and there's a deadline on it, and it you're wants, thinking, it, I might have to, I get might have to do it. Yeah. yeah. But I probably would. I probably won't do it. I'll probably do it when I want to do it, which won't be November. It'll be before maybe. Yeah. And I would probably set myself one thousand words a day rather than. And then the other day on uh, last week, I wrote four thousand words in a day. Wow. Which is mega. Which never normally happens. Usually, I think five hundred's good. Yeah. So, but they're just having a good day. But who knows where they come from? Probably because my agent had said, I really like this idea. Yeah, so she patted me on the head. Yeah. Where did the, sorry, going back to your new, your new project, yeah. where did the seeds for that come from? <laughs> well, I was trying Without to Without giving away, obviously, your, yeah. your yeah. new <laughs> Basically, I kind of Any wrote, I started listening? writing for fun, complete fun, because I tried to write some other YA stuff, because this is really YA teen sort of younger YA so mm. it's not got like a big romance element it's not really gritty mm -hmm. it's more adventure yeah you know so it's for kind of aimed mainly at sort of 11 to 14 year olds and I had other ideas for that kind of thing but I was I was shoehorning them into my head because I thought they would be good so I there was a space thing and there was a ghost story and I wrote both those books but they weren't really what I wanted to write so then I started writing, working on an adult book, which I'm still going to go back to. But then as this sort of came out and I saw it being printed and I knew it was going to be a real thing, <laughs> I thought, this is a bit silly that I haven't written something YA. And then I thought, what was so good about this book was it, I just, it was a fever dream. Hmm. It was literally just, it made no sense. It came from an idea that wasn't sensible or pinned off anything else. And I just thought, I'm going to write something for fun. So my, my latest book is basically written because I'm interested in dinosaurs. Yeah. And I Who really isn't? like yeah. dragons. And I really love... What was your name again on your website? <laughs> no, I'd love the Game of Thrones episodes with um, Daenerys flying on dragons. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to write something about modern teens flying on giant reptiles. <laughs> I nice. never, yeah. ever, ever thought my agent would say this is a good idea. But she was like, really like this idea. Reptiles Amazing. are all the age. Are they? Well, I think... To be fair, I think fantasy has come back in a big way because of yeah. things like Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's become acceptable to read and write those kind of yeah, yeah. books again. Well, I yeah. kind of took this then and thought, okay, well, let's stop being really insecure about this book and decide, what if it's actually quite good? Yeah, well, yeah, which let's clearly it is. So. Like, well, I did at the time, I hadn't had any reviews yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah. had given me any validation. So I thought, let's just go on that and think, what was it about that that was good that another reader would want to read? So I took this sort of dragony, dinosaur-y idea mm. and I thought I need it to be contemporary. I need people to believe in something weird. So the story is a contemporary story where one type of dinosaur has survived the extinction and is very, very rare and mm. isn't really a big deal. People very rarely see them. They just live at a couple of sanctuaries and that's my starting point. Yeah. So I'm going to try and make people believe in a myth, basically. That's my mission. Sounds, <laughs> sounds amazing. It sounds yeah. really weird. I want to read this book. Sounds like a tagline. Uh, yeah. Make people believe in a myth. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a... Ah, let me see. That's yeah. good. 
Good well done, Jim. I'll take that. <laughs> you can't hang it off anything else again. No, it's yeah, not going to hang no. quite often. But it is a bit more pitchable. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to pitch this book like I just kind well, of. Well, I guess spoke it, is it, would you yeah. would you say it's more of a genre a genre piece then? I would say it's got fan base because people that like Jurassic Park and yeah. How to Train Your Dragon, yeah, yeah, are sure, going yeah, to yeah. kind of go for this kind of book. Whereas this kind of it had to find its own audience, really. Yeah. Um, and I had to find its audience, and my publisher did and does. So it's a bit different. But I think this one could have more audience. You know, who knows? I haven't sold it. I'm just working yeah. on it. So, but it's nice to work on. It's, I well, like it's, it's it. It's great that you're working on it. I, I think, like yeah. it, and I would have loved to read it when I was 11 or 12. Well, and there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. If you do, then there's going to be people out there that absolutely yeah. that will as well. Well, I think The Secret Street is an excellent book. Um, having read it, and. Um, I know it's going to be a huge success. Oh, thank you. Do you do you wish, looking back, you'd got into writing earlier? Oh, maybe. I'm not really a regret kind of person. I don't know. I was living a pretty good life before I got into it. So <laughs> no, it's just um, angst and yeah. pressure. Yeah, it's just a good time for that. No, actually, no. I don't wish I got into it earlier because I don't think I would have been psychologically um, fit for it, yeah. actually. It's really, really stressful. Yeah. And I don't do well with the waiting of it i love it but if it had happened earlier it would have taken away from other stuff that i was doing at the time yeah fun relaxed calm <laughs> things like Remember travel that life? It, traveling yeah and living abroad i lived abroad for a bit and then the children were young and i i'm glad i wasn't writing then yeah actually <laughs> and also everything that you've done in the past brings you to this moment anyway yeah. and you seem to be at like your most creative right now and well, things are going well yeah. so everything you've done in the past has actually brought you to this moment i think he's been yeah. brewing and he's <laughs> right. been brewing yeah <laughs> i didn't realize it was brewing but it was brewing yeah yeah it's yeah and there's no point in looking back though is there although i would say to people now if as young people say to me i don't have any good ideas i would say don't be like me you don't need good ideas you just need you don't even need an idea mm. Just think of a character yeah. you like the thought of and then start putting them places yeah. and then your ideas can build from that. Yeah, it becomes quite organic sometimes in a way. Yeah. Now I have to say I don't I've got loads of ideas that I could do something from. It's that's not the tough bit. Yeah. It's getting the first draft down that's tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. But the, writing is hard. What anyone tells you it's a very hard occupation. Yeah. And different people find different bits of it hard. Mm. Yeah. I don't like drafting because I have a really complete visual movie-like idea of the book in my head and it just feels so painful yeah. <laughs> trying to use my awful skills to get it out into words. And I know it's not going to be how I want it to be for about four drafts. Yeah. And that's just quite sort of sort of hangs over me a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want it to be the, you just want it to be the finished article as soon as you want you want these words that are coming out onto the page to be it that's it yeah um, well, but no, then I you don't know mind editing it i like editing you know, so it, i hate I, editing yeah I, see lots of people say that i yeah. like editing yeah and then because you, you know that you you're edited to death and then it'll get sent to the editor at the publisher and then they'll rip it to pieces yeah but it's all part of the process it's all though. part of the process and you have to you take it on the chin but yeah. yes yeah and yeah. invariably surely with the editing and the rewrites and stuff you get a better oh, of course. thing Always. at the end. Proves, yeah, of course. Always. It never yeah. gets worse. The more painful the edits are, yeah, yeah. the better the yeah, result. Exactly. Usually, well, and you have to realise that, uh, particularly, like, with all, well, with most creative things, it's it's a collaborative yeah. thing. Although it doesn't look like a collaborative thing, because, you know, you're the author, you're the writer. Yeah. You are actually collaborating yeah. quite heavily with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, really heavily. Really influenced by people as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, Barry Cunningham is my publisher. You know, and he basically published Harry Potter. You kind of want to listen to him. Yeah, yeah. He knows, he knows, <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. So about. if he, do, he makes a throwaway comment, Harry what? That, affects, <laughs> that affects me massively. You know, he says yeah. a single comment about the book. Mm. I am going to take that on board. Yeah, yeah. Even if I don't know how I'm going to take it on board yet. Even I remember the first meeting I ever had with him way back before the book. I even knew it was going to get published. He said the manta rays were cool. He liked the manta rays. And then that that comment, throwaway comment to him, to me, every yeah. time I write about them, make them got, cooler. Got make them more, really cool. I've got to put more manta rays manta in. Manta rays everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Manta ray world. Give them shades. I don't know. Yeah. Make, them, make them cool somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would do it. But you just, any uh, time you lack confidence thinking, I'm writing this book where there's giant manta rays in it. And if you read it, yeah, it is kind of, you've got to kind of suspend your disbelief through some of it. But Barry thought they were cool. Yeah. So there you go. So... 
you know, you've got some validation there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love editing. I don't like writing the first draft. It feels like wading through mud to me. Just like throwing words, knowing they're not right. Yeah. Whereas once I've got it, I think I know I can make this good, but I've got to get it first. Yeah. Well, that's a good self-confidence, you know, to have that and knowing that you can. Yeah, we've got to get through the first draft though. <laughs> Otherwise there's nothing to work on. <laughs> um, okay, so finally then we... We've been asking our guests if they had any advice for anyone listening mm. who creatively has blank moments. Yeah. What, what would you say to them? I'd say just accept it as part of your process that you're going to have them and don't panic. Mm. And also, but you can panic if you want to. <laughs> don't panic <laughs> okay. so much. It's okay to panic. But also, just find something. I just think you've got to find something else to do. And it really helps if something else that you're doing is creative or is absorbing creativity so i like watching a netflix series or reading some books that i've had on the shelf for a while or just brainstorming weird ideas and i don't try and work through it now i just think oh let it go yeah. life's too short to angst yeah and you just sometimes need just, just some distractions don't you yeah. just yeah. Put, big, put some time and effort in something else for yeah. a little while yeah but i think really important to note you're going to have them i think everyone has them yeah I think in all, in, in, in all, I mean, that's kind of why we started wanting to do this because <laughs> yeah, actually it does affect, started the fun, yeah, yeah, because it does affect everybody. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we're, we're all walks of life, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, and what? it helps to talk to other people about it though. Which is another like reason say, why we started doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're really, basically really like therapy. Yeah. People, yeah, yeah. Don't, people don't want to talk about it though. You go on social media and people are talking about all the good stuff all the time. It's getting a yeah. bit better. Yeah. But I think people feel like they'll be perceived as, as their book is not, as good mm. if you've said you it was a slog writing it yeah so i oh. felt like that i felt like if i said i found this really tough at times people would be think mm, she's just not a natural writer then or 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 the there's that kind of i get sometimes I, I i think i'm gonna say something sort of negative about the the process and then you feel you feel kind of guilty because you're so lucky. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. And and I've had several books published, and you think, well, there are other people that you know would probably think, oh, that. People need that. to recognise you know, though that success yeah. well, does yeah. not. I mean, it's pretty. If you look at the music industry, people that are highly, highly successful over the years have often had terrible mental health problems that are really well spoken about. Yeah. You know, that's those two things are not unrelated. No. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you get your dream, it's really nerve wracking. I remember the first time yeah. I went to meet agents, I had meetings with agents in London, five agents in a day. And I just couldn't sleep the night before. And I'm not an insomniac. And I just was so anxious. It was a lovely feeling. I was so excited. And mm. I thought, actually, this is quite scary how I feel about this. It's so intense. Yeah. So I think you kind of get your dream people need to be more readily ready to talk about the fact that it can still be really really hard but it may be harder than not getting it sometimes yeah absolutely because you're opening yourself up to all this yeah. potential anxiety and, yeah. and other problems yeah i mean in some respects it's harder once you're you know once you're published or you're successful because you got you feel like a obviously you want to maintain that you completely expose yourself yeah, yeah, yeah of course 100%. people strangers are going to read my words before yeah, yeah, they were yeah. just yeah hidden you, away or, yeah yeah and that, actually, I've got used to that idea really quickly. But when it first went out, like the advanced copies went out, I was so close to saying, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I, don't no. want to, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. No, I don't want anyone to read it. Don't read it. No one read it. And in fact, I sent, it, I sent an email to a, French, a WhatsApp group of my friends saying, if you could review it on Amazon, that would be really, really helpful. You don't have to read it. In fact, I prefer if you don't. <laughs> they were like, we're all going to read it, Lindsay. Going we're it. all going to read it. And we're not reviewing it till we've read it. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but now I don't feel like that. No, now I feel pleased that people are reading it. I've got more confidence. Yeah. But yeah, just the thought of people reading it at the time was just really scary. It's like people going in your head. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I don't totally get that. I really like that idea, though, of being more open about the, the troubles again it's why we're doing this podcast but mm. everyone has them yeah no matter what you're doing creatively things are difficult sometimes yeah and that's okay it's all right to have those problems because you're pushing yourself aren't you yeah you're really pushing yourself yeah and if you didn't push yourself it wouldn't be hard 
Exactly. So and you wouldn't really get it's where anything. the good stuff comes yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. For all the angst and exactly. pain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're, and we're back at angst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. angst and pain. But I don't believe you have to be tortured to be a creative. I don't believe that. No. No. I think that's a. Uh, I don't like to hear those things about, you know, oh, we should all like slop around feeling really miserable because that's when the best work comes. Because my best work definitely doesn't come when I'm feeling oh, like that. Oh, me neither. No, no I, I think agree. We have I just, think, yeah. You know, just have to accept you in a that good place when you're there are some big lows. Yeah. And yeah, like this podcast is a brilliant idea because the fact that everybody has them really does help when you're in them. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And people that in other industries, oh, yeah. creative industries, Any not, not creative just writing. industry where mm. you're putting yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, as a comedian, you know, you said earlier, like, you know, you, you do a gig in front of a, an that audience. That must be so yeah. hard. can be. It can be brilliant. Like yeah. you say, when, you, when you're sort of flying through the writing, yeah. you feel like you're flying sometimes. Yeah. But you can also have days where you just, you feel like you're just lying to yourself. And you're like, this, this isn't very good at all. And I can tell they're not into it kind of thing. And you're but, getting, but it's okay. But you're getting live feedback. You're getting live feedback, yeah. Yeah. Like, Whereas you know, yeah. you know, our feedback yeah. obviously comes a little bit after. Yeah. But, you know, but yours is live. But it's okay. Like it's it's just part and of the people, process. Yeah. And I think comedy more than I mean, obviously, I've played in bands for years, and you that's a similar thing. You get you get live feedback. Yeah. People walk off to the bar. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but it, it does. I still mean anything. But it does. does it? It's not it as bad. No, because they're, they're tasting music, maybe. But I think comedy. But then again, it's taste. They might it's just not be into your yeah, comedy. I so. You know, you might. I've. Seen comedians and thought, yeah, they're okay. And other people have absolutely loved them. And I think, okay, well, it's just a taste thing. That's, and that's totally cool. That's totally it's fine. It's also, I think with comedy, it's vibe as well. I mean, I imagine sometimes you play a venue and it just isn't, the vibe isn't right. And yeah. people just, it's just got a funny feel to it. And yeah. And maybe it doesn't go that well. And yeah, or if it's like a Wednesday it, night and people are still like, you know. They're a bit, do you know I mean? the they're a bit tired. They're a bit tired. Yeah. It's not Friday, like, you know. Yeah, I always, I always try not to like blame audiences. I I mean, I, I, oh, I always do it. I always do it. <laughs> but like, I kind of think like it's 50-50. You probably weren't doing something, but maybe they weren't. Yeah. Cla- and then cla- it kind of goes together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But also, I, I try and tell myself, and I'm not gigging much at the moment. I want to get back into it. Tell myself like, it's, it's just a gig. It's just a gig. Yeah. At most, it's 20 minutes. If you're doing Edinburgh, at most, it's an hour of your life. If it doesn't go that great, you go to bed and you try again the next day. I think it was, a, is it Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love? Yes, I think so. And she yeah. wrote that book, that writing book that I li- I've listened to on audio, audio recently. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's really, really good. And she says that writing books, when it comes down to it, is the most important thing to you and really one of the least important things that you could do. <laughs> Nothing's gonna ma- nothing bad is really going to happen yeah. if your book flops or it doesn't sell. Nothing yeah. terrible not even to you is going to happen. You will just write something else. Yeah. And the world will continue on. Exactly. But it feels like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah totally. Does. And I really yeah. like that because you just think sometimes you get sort of wound up in yourself and then you just think, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it like- does matter to me hugely. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to do it. But really, in the scheme of things. Like you say, the world keeps turning. Yeah. And you can go again. You can always do it again. You can always just Nothing do stopping you going. It's not like you have a bad review or a bad gig and someone's like, well, that's it. You had your chance, it's yeah. gone. You can just go again. Yeah. And most things in life are like that, aren't they? Actually? Yeah. I think that's a nice, really nice part to end yeah. the pod on, actually. That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Galvin, thank you so much for coming thank on. You thank for you for having me. And all the best of your future endeavours and the next projects yeah, and all that. Yeah, can't wait thank to see you. flying dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jim, that was Lindsay Galvin. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, Actually, it was really good, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember the, the chat we had was really, really enjoyable. And Lindsay was absolutely lovely, very open, very honest about her struggles with anxiety um, and making the book and, and everything that comes with it. And yeah. almost very inspiring as well, I think, at the same time. I think it's one of the interviews I came away from feeling almost kind of reinvigorated and ready for my own creative process yeah and also yeah like sort of really delving into those blank moments when you're uh, kind of what i know as as an author as well sort of waiting around for editors to get back to you and all that kind of stuff all the kind of industry stuff which you don't know about when you start writing a book you don't know about all that stuff and it was really great to hear lindsay it was talk about it as well and i could empathize with it in a lot of ways and i'm sure you could as well jim Mm. 
um, that you know writing's a hard process and yeah. actually all the stuff that comes along with it makes it even more hard you know sometimes yeah well we really appreciate her giving us her time yeah it was great it was, yeah, and thank you to Lindsay absolute legend Lindsay thank you yeah, very much you. Um, if you enjoyed this pod this week and you in, in, enjoyed uh, Lindsay's stories and you want to get in contact with us then please contact us on all the social medias we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and the handle is the exact same for all three it is at blank pod and we also have an email address if you fancy sending them something a bit longer having a little chat with us you know you go ahead we'd love getting your emails um, and that is hello at theblankpodcast.com it is indeed and if you're enjoying this pod wherever you get them uh, please rate them uh, especially if you're on iTunes and please subscribe if this is the first time you've listened to this pod or you've listened to a few and you like them hit that subscribe button uh, and hopefully we can climb higher up the charts and it means we get to do more and more of these pods uh, so we'd very much appreciate your help in that regard uh, that's it that's the end of this pod, Charles. Next week, we've got another. Oh, I can't wait to share next week's another one. They're all, they're all good, aren't they? I know, Each I know. week, they are decent, yeah. and we are very lucky. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be out next Wednesday. In the meantime, have a good week, and we'll see you again soon. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.